live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg on a rainy and uh, pretty gloomy morning out there. Some of that was true, what they said there in the opening, Bob, out in California. Um, I'm here, <laughs> but I'm going to do something that hasn't happened in six years of this show. I'm going to fly solo today because uh, Greg is still under the weather and Ronnie is under the weather and... I guess Alan's out in the weather. He's fishing. so. Uh, but we do have Deb Williams at 1020, and she's in the opening. So uh, two of the five people I think they mentioned there are actually going to be on the show. So we appreciate everybody listening. I think we've got a good show for you this morning. Uh, so stick with us for the next two hours. We, uh, of course, have Deb Williams at 1020 like we always do. At 1040, we got Tony Adair from Cherokee Speedway, and I think they get started, uh, well, I know, they get started tomorrow. I don't know if they're having some kind of practice out there today or not, and uh, and we'll find out from Tony if they do and if the weather's going to affect that because it's not an ideal day out there, but I think tomorrow's supposed to be better. Um, then at 11 o'clock, I'll be honest with you, we had planned to have Bobby Allison, and I had talked to him uh, Wednesday, and uh he was kind of iffy about whether he was going to be able to do it. And um, Greg and I, neither one could get him on the phone yesterday to find out. So I scrambled around and uh, actually had a fellow that I wanted to have on a little later in the year that we have on every year, and that's Johnny Allen, who was a great Grand National driver and sportsman driver from Greenville, actually originally from Los Angeles. But uh, he settled in Greenville, and he is great to talk about daytona and um as we get a little bit closer well i can go ahead and tell you now <laughs> i've got a lot of time and a lot of time to talk um johnny started last six uh, 59th in the first daytona 500 in 1959 in a 57 chevrolet which was two years old at the time and uh, fought his way all the way up to finish in 10th place eight laps behind and that's in a race that didn't have any caution flags. I mean, and that is hard to do because he, if you're familiar with the 57 Chevrolet, it's, it's a very cool-looking car, but it was much higher than compared to the Thunderbirds that were running uh, that Johnny Beauchamp and Curtis Turner and some of, some of them had. And uh, the winning car that Lee Petty had, it was like an aircraft carrier. That thing was so big and wide and low. But um, Johnny started last. Finished 10th in the first Daytona 500 and actually had a lot of good luck at Daytona. So uh, I called Johnny yesterday, and he said he'd be glad to be on the show. He is still in Daytona and uh, said he was just waiting on the weather to thaw out a little bit up north before he heads back. I think he lives in Indianapolis now, but uh, spent a lot of time in Greenville and raced out of Greenville for years. I think he had a tire and wheel shop or something over there. So um, we'll have Johnny at 11, then at 11... Uh, 20, Mike Hill, Alan's brother, 
is going to come on and talk to us about all things racing. Um, he was, as you know, Johnny, uh, Junior Johnson's uh, crew chief for years, I think, with Jeff Bodine and uh, uh, probably Terry Labonte. We'll find out who all he was with over at Junior's. But uh, he's currently the shop foreman for the Action Express uh, Cadillac uh the, the team, that the, the 24-hour cars, I'll get it out in a minute, um, that ran Daytona and finished fifth down there. So he can talk about he can talk about anything if it has to do with auto racing. And then at 1140, a friend of mine who has got a very special project that he's working on, uh, his name's John Hastings. Uh, when I knew him back in junior high and high school, it was Johnny. But John is um, putting together a celebration of the history of the Golden Strip Speedway, which is over in Fountain Inn, and Johnny is uh, looking for memorabilia and tickets and stubs and trophies and just anything he can find pertaining to the uh, to the Golden uh, Strip Speedway. They're going to have a big reunion and barbecue and everything, and he will, uh, he'll come on at 1140 and, and, um, and tell us about that. So, in between, we have a lot to talk about, and... Uh, I guess I should just start it off by saying that there was a lot of action at Daytona last week, and, uh, I mean, what a heck of a race. I don't think anybody saw that coming with um, Ricky Stenhouse, who you may recall years ago in uh, more crueler moments in my life. I used to call him Mr. Danica Patrick, but that's the last time I'll ever say it because Ricky's a good guy from Olive Branch in Mississippi, and anybody from there has got to be okay. But he won that race, and amazingly, amazingly, and I, I think uh, it can't be overstated that that's a one-car team. They used to have a two-car team when they uh, had Ryan Priest driving in number 37, the team car, but Ricky Stenhouse, uh, I guess when he got let go by Roush a few years ago, he went to uh, JTG. Daughtry Racing, which, of course, is Brad Daughtry, Darty, I'm sorry, from uh, NBA fame, who actually played basketball wearing number 43 because Richard Petty was his hero. But that team won the Daytona 500, granted uh, lots of crashes that didn't start until late. You realize they didn't have the first caution flag. Well, the first caution flag was at the end of the first stage. So they did, they went all the way to the first stage, which was uh, how many laps of that? It was 65 laps before they ever had a caution flag. But then at lap 119, they started having a bunch of them, and uh, you know multiple car crashes, which they had four multiple car crashes that took out a lot of cars. And uh, I mean, it happens every time. You can't take it away from the winner of the race because there were crashes. Because it happens every time at Talladega and Daytona and pretty much everywhere but you know those um those somebody's got to be the winner and it might as well be ricky stenhouse and he survived all that stuff his car didn't have a scratch on it far as i know and he started 31st so he got a uh, he did a lot of passing and did a great job to win the race um because they had a huge crash on the last well they went to two overtimes in fact it was the longest daytona 500 ever they actually went um 212 laps so they uh, outdid themselves as, as far as giving the, the fans their money's worth. No rain delays or anything. It was just uh, pure racing. And it, if it got kind of boring in the first segment, well, you know, I didn't really think so. But um, 
I don't go to see crashes. I, I don't mind them having a few to uh, spice things up a little bit. And hard feelings aren't, a, aren't anything that bother me too much either after races. But they, uh, they had a good, um, a good race as far as I was concerned. Joey Logano finished second. Christopher Bell was third. Chris Boucher was fourth. Alex Bowman, who sat on the pole, was fifth, and uh, he's been on the front row for six years in a row, but hadn't managed to pull it into victory lane yet. Sixth was A.J. Allmendinger. Seventh was my choice, Daniel Suarez, who actually was looking pretty sweet there late, but he uh, he got crossed up coming off the fourth turn and um, and spun, went to the back, but worked his way back up to seventh. So that was a good, uh, good run for Trackhouse Racing and Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. Eighth was Ryan Blaney, who... Uh, Lanny had picked. Ninth was Ross Chastain, the Watermelon Man. And tenth was Riley Herbst, who came from 38th in the Rick Ware car. So, uh, And I'll go one more with uh, Travis Pastrana, who would have had a really, really good finish if uh, he hadn't been involved in the crash on the fourth turn, uh, I mean, in the first turn of the, of the last restart, which took out a whole bunch of people. So that's the Daytona 500. I, I thought it was a good race. Uh, the first Daytona 500 they've had with uh, since they had the truck series and the Xfinity series that they had the champions from all three of those series from last year in the race. Um, Austin Hill um, won. Uh, no, hold it. I'm wrong about that. He's not the Xfinity champ. Uh, Ty Gibbs was the Xfinity champ, and he was in the race, of course, racing for Gibbs. And, um, of course, uh, Logano was the defending cup champion and he was there and uh zane smith the truck champion so it's the first time they've had them all in the same race at the same daytona 500 which was pretty cool um let's just go ahead and do the point standings after one race and the point standings of course is different from the playoff standings and we are really only interested in the playoff standings here and the first 16 is what we are interested in, and Ricky Stenhouse has got one win, so he automatically moves ahead to the to the playoffs. But he's first. Uh, actually, he's not first in points. I think he's actually. It looks like he's third, but we'll put him up at the head of the playoff standings. Second is Joey Logano. Third, Chris Boucher. Fourth, Christopher Bell. Fifth, Alex Bowman. Sixth, Ross Chastain. Seventh, Ryan Blaney. Eighth, Kevin Harvick. Ninth, A.J. Allmendinger. Tenth. Martin Truex, Jr., 11th, Brad Keselowski, who actually had a pretty good race until he crashed. Daniel Suarez is 12th. Eric Almarola, who came out of retirement and uh, ran up front quite a bit, is 14th. Uh, I'm sorry, 13th. 14th is Austin Sendrick. And 15th is uh, Corey LaJoy. And the final, if they went to the playoffs today, the final guy in would be Travis Pastrana. So uh, I'm... Don't know if he's even going to run another race this year in the in the Cup. Uh, I guess we'll find that out. But um, that was uh, that's how it went down for the Daytona 500. Once again, I thought it was a pretty good race, and uh, we uh, we'll be talking more about that with Deb and then Mike Hill as well. So we'll find out more about that for the Xfinity. We'll probably come back to a little, this a little bit more later. But it was uh, it was won by Austin Hill, and Moving straight to Jeremy. Jeremy didn't hit anything. They had a lot of crashes, too. He did some magnificent driving to miss a lot of the crashes. And, uh, you know, I texted with him a little bit after the race. 
And, um, I mean, I thought 17th was a whole lot better than last year when he was like whatever he was, 39th or 40th, getting taken out by Drew Dollar early in the race. But he finished the race. He didn't beat up the car. They brought it home in one piece. And uh, as far as the point standings go, well, let me back up. The Xfinity finish was Austin Hill first, John Hunter Nemechek second, Justin Allgaier third, Parker Retzlaff fourth, Matt Miat Snyder fifth, Riley Herb sixth, who also ran the Daytona 500 and finished tenth, seventh, Joe Graff Jr., eighth, Ryan Siege, ninth, Cole Custard, who's moved over there after losing his uh, cup ride at Stuart Haas, and Justin Haley was tenth. But in 17th place in, in um, finishing was uh, Jeremy Clements. But if you look at the point standings for Xfinity, and, of course, they only transfer four guys over, uh, four, four less than Cup. They take 12. The standings are Austin Hill first, Justin Allgaier second, John Hunter Nemechek third, Riley Herbst fourth, Chandler Smith fifth, Parker Retzlaff sixth, Miet Snyder seventh, Jeb Burton eighth, Joe Graff Jr. ninth, Cole Custer tenth, Brandon Jones 11th, and Ryan Siege is 12th. But if you look down to 16th, it's Jeremy Clements. And Jeremy is only nine points out of the playoffs right now. So he is in a world of better shape than uh, than he was this time last year. He's not digging himself out of a terrible hole. Um, he's, just, uh, he's just not in the top 12 yet, and there's plenty of time to get there. And uh, I got a feeling Jeremy's going to get there. He's... Uh, got a good team as we all know and with as many people pulling for him as hard as we do here at fox sports spartanburg and uh and in this area i think the the, the good karma ought to be enough to maybe get him in there and hopefully he'll win a race but he um he didn't run up front too much i thought he was laying back like he did last september or october or august whenever it was when he won but um he did have a little problem he, he got bumped to the rear of the field for the start and started dead last which was uh 38th because of an unapproved adjustment i'm not sure what that was and i wasn't aware that he had an unapproved adjustment until uh until i saw it on the internet but it didn't say what what the problem was but anyway jeremy's off to a good start i think he did fine and uh i think he more than he's had time to reflect on it a little bit he thinks he did fine too so good going jeremy and we will be keeping up with you this week as they're in Fontana. Talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, let's take a break right now and come back and talk to Deb Williams. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. 
shop. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Set your alarm. All right. I've added it to reminder. 7 a.m. Every weekday, Spartanburg's best sports is on Bumpin' Rock. Hosted by Tyler Sugar. That's the guy. That's the hero. We're talking sports and other stuff. Hear from local high school and college coaches, including USC Upstate, Clemson, and South Carolina. Two hours to begin your day. The Bumpin' Runway. Right here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. While the weather is bad, get your gear ready now. Spartan Photo Center has the necessary tools to clean your cameras and lenses. They do mirrorless and DSLR sensor cleanings, and don't forget about your tripods. Spartan Photo Center stocks the quick releases to mount your camera to the tripod, as well as Manfrotto and Bogan tripod parts to fix the one you have. Or you can get a new Sure or Manfrotto tripod now before the weather turns nice and you need it. Don't forget Spartan Photo has camera bags, backpacks, and waterproof cases. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, Spartanburg, or SpartanPhotoCenter.com. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Deb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to Deb. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fine. Sitting here uh, winging it all alone, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, don't have any smiling faces looking back at me this morning. So I'll just I'll imagine you're sitting over there right now. Okay. Well, that sounds good. We can do that. All right. Well, Deb, I'm sorry to hear no, nobody else is there. Well, actually, uh, Alan told me that he was going to wait till it warmed up a little bit so he could fish at night so he's fishing during the day but i tell you if you're in spartanburg today it's about 48 degrees and drizzly so it's uh it's uh to me it's indoor weather but alan uh alan's a fisherman and uh he can do what he wants to do we love having him when we can get him and uh greg's a little under the weather and and ronnie is as well so uh anyway there's a lot of other people that do three hour shows uh every day 
you know, sometimes by themselves. So I can handle it. And fortunately, there's a lot to talk about. And Daytona. That's true. There's no shortage. Nope. So uh, get started. Daytona, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I've already sort of went over some high points from uh, from the, the Xfinity and the Cup race. So uh, what are your thoughts? And uh, and how was uh, Ricky Stenhouse in, uh, at, at the victory uh, uh, interview or um, press conference? Because um, that was rather unexpected. It was, but I think his crew chief and team owners were more, were more much more emotional excuse me, in the uh, post-race interview than Ricky was. By the time Ricky got he had kind of had time to settle down a bit because Ricky didn't even get into the infield media center for his post-race press conference until after 9 o'clock. And we had already had had and Jody Geschechter and Mike Kelly and Gordon Smith in there for about an hour before Ricky got in there. So Ricky wasn't quite as emotional as the team owners and crew chiefs were because they got in there first. Well, I was just speaking about how uh, unusual it was for a, a one-car team to uh, to win the race. I mean, that that's uh, I was talking to somebody earlier uh, that isn't. In fact, I was texting with her about uh, the race and and about how they there are so many different teams. She wasn't even aware. She thought every car was an individual team, and I said, "Well, it is, but there's like they may be four of them uh, in the same shop or whatever. You know, uh, you know how it is." But she, uh, right. she did not understand. Yeah, and she didn't understand how uh, extraordinary it was that uh, a one-car team won. That you know, it's not able to really. I don't know if they have a. Do they have anybody they share information with, uh, other than maybe what they might get from Chevrolet or whatever? Well, they get their engines from Hendrick, so they probably have a, an alliance there. But still, for a one-car operation what it did. That was only their second win in 15 years, and their other victory came with uh, A.J. Allmendinger at Watkins Glen, which was A.J. Allmendinger's first victory. But, you know, Jody Geschechter just kept saying how they really needed it. She was praying towards the end of, Lord, we need this. And uh, her husband, Tad Geschechter, said that the pandemic was really, really hard on them with single-car team because their sponsorship is with Kroger and like 18 different brands. So when you had the problem in the supply chain and people not buying things and couldn't get things, they didn't have anything to sell as far as their sponsors are concerned. And he said, you know, he had people knocking on his door constantly wanting to purchase his charter. So it was a very tough time, and a lot of people may not realize, and this goes back to what you're telling your, uh, the person you were speaking about, they only have 45 employees there. And I thought Trackhouse was quite small, and that I had did a feature on Trackhouse during the Daytona Speed Week, and they have about 150 employees for their two-car operation. So when you look at 45 employees at JTG Doherty, and then you look at about 150 employees at Trackhouse and what they're doing, can't help but wonder as to why are these other operations 100 to 500 people? 
Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. I mean, of course, I'm not around it as closely as I used to be back uh, back in the 80s and uh, 70s and 80s when, uh, you know, I'd go in Bud Moore's shop and, you know, I probably, now Greg's not here, but I bet they didn't have uh, over 20 people, and that might be stretching it right there. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree, because we used to go down there on the media tour. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. now, your phone is doing something really funny. One minute you sound like you're far away and I've got you turned all the way up, and then the, and then just then you sounded like you were in the same room. So I, I don't know, uh, are you uh, driving around or, <laughs> or anything? Well, I don't even have her at all now, so. That, well, that's uh, at least I hear you, but uh, not very good. Well, let me take my headset off and go on speaker. Okay. I don't hear you at all now. Okay, is that better? That's perfect. <laughs> I don't know what you did, but that's what I've been waiting on since uh, I dialed your number. Yeah, I took my headset off and went on speakerphone. Well, you're still sort of going in and out, though. Right there, you were sort well, of breaking up. It's, it's, it's probably the probably the weather and the sales service. Okay. I guess. All right. We won't waste any more time on that. Then I can hear you good enough. I got you. I'll do my part on this end to make you heard. Um, what else okay. did you? What else? You sound good now, though. What you always sound okay. good, even when you don't. Um, <laughs> what uh, What else did you take away from Daytona? I mean, there was a. There were naturally the longest Daytona 500 ever, well, 212 laps or something like that, and uh, uh, you know I, it was uh, a, the first segment. There wasn't any caution flag until the end of the segment, and then after that, they really got wound up and ended up having four really huge multiple car crashes. Well, I thought it was interesting how calm everyone was in the first stage, and then you could tell the intensity kept revving up the further the race progressed and uh, it was a situation where it was interesting in that when you look at speed weeks overall you look at the inaugural truck race and the inaugural uh, for the season Xfinity races and they are winners repeated they had the same winners this year they had last year so there was a big question as to whether it would be the same in the Daytona 500. And Austin Cendrick was in contention there. But it, um, you know, was a situation where it's like any other super speedway race now. There's just no rhyme or reason as to who's going to win or how it's going to play out simply because of the way the racing is dictated now. And it was interesting when we had media day on Wednesday, the 15th of February, and Kyle Bush preferred to do a press conference rather than a media scrum where you're one-on-one and got people crowded around you. Well, the Powerball had made an announcement earlier that day that the Powerball is now the official lottery of NASCAR. And they had lottery tickets in there that the media could get. Well, not all the lottery tickets were taken, and when Kyle Bush came in and saw the lottery tickets on the table where he was 
going to do his press conference, and he asked what this was, and we explained it to him, and he said, I've got a better chance of winning the lottery than I do the Daytona 500. <laughs> what was that, his 18th try? Somewhere in that neck of the woods, but it's interesting he pointed out that if we had the same rules that we had in 1998, yes. We would have won the Daytona 500. Well, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but that's uh, it's not yeah. the way it is anymore. And frankly, I prefer uh, seeing my winner take the checkered flag. Uh, you know, I, I, well, even this, even this race, there was a crash on the last lap, and it was wasn't decided. Uh, but at least they make an attempt to end the race under the green. Um, well, about it, with it, the it ended half lap sooner. Yeah, half lap was all they they were from it, and. Uh, you know, there's been a d- big debate this weekend on uh, Sirius XM about should they go back to the scheduled distance or should they keep this green-white checker finish. And the reason that some people are wanting to go back to the scheduled distance is because of the way cautions breed cautions, particularly on the super speedway races. You know, and it's like, you know, do we want to keep endangering the lives of the drivers? Yeah, well, and it's sort of, um, sort of like preseason football games, you know, getting people hurt, and and the starters never play in those anyway. But I guess the point is, you're just uh, an overtime in in football, you know, with the possibility of, of players getting hurt, which uh, I've heard them bring up before. But what I want to ask you is, you know, that wreck on the last restart, you know, happened in the first turn, and I can see throwing an immediate caution flag. But when they have it like when they have it in the fourth turn or something, I mean I would just let them. There's no danger of them crossing the finish line and running into the crash, which I I think would be the problem. You know I'd let I'd go ahead and let them run green depending on where the crash is on the track. Like when Jeremy Clements won the Xfinity race at Daytona last year, the crash was like coming off turn four, and they threw the caution flag and he won the race. But you know he didn't have but a few hundred yards to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. All in with the tower. You know, the tower makes the decision on where they think the safety is. And you got to keep in mind that they've got, they cannot roll the safety equipment and the doctors and the safety personnel until they get those cars slowed. That's so true. that is one thing that comes into the mind there is that if you've got cars wrecking and you've got one on fire, you need to throw that caution to get them slowed so they can get the fire department and the the doctors and the rescue people there. They okay. cannot move that emergency equipment until they slow those cars. Okay, well, that's a good point. Point well taken, and I appreciate you straightening me out again, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's look at our point standings between us, and I've sort of, as the commissioner of this, uh, of uh, our little uh, point standings we have every year for the Nelson Crozier Cup, um, if the participants of this show don't contact me and tell me, uh, you know, who they want, I, I'm not going to, as commissioner, run around trying to track them down and find out who they want to pick. So if somebody wants to pick somebody um, while this show was on, like Alan, if you're listening, or, or anybody, Ronnie called in before the show and Lanny uh, texted me a few seconds ago. Um, you know, that's why we only had four people participate last week, and Ronnie didn't get any points. So the point standings right now are I've got three, Lanny's got two, and you've got one, Deb. So uh, um, Lanny has already picked, and he wants Blaney. Um, I guess I better write these down since uh, 
See, Adam was my secretary, too, and he needed to write them down for me. Lanny wants uh, um, Blaney, and who do you want, Deb? I thought you said someone else had already submitted their picks. Yeah, Lanny, Lanny picked Blaney, and Ronnie, okay, and Ronnie wants Kyle Bush. Oh, okay, then I'll take Kyle Larson. Okay, you'll take Kyle Larson and uh, California. You know what? I, I thought I was going to get lucky last week, and I guess I did because I got three points out of it, but I'm going to go with Suarez again. I mean, I just I like the guy. I like the sponsor, and, uh, you know, I don't see anything not to like. So uh, I know with, um, Chase Elliott's probably crestfallen that I don't pick him anymore, but I probably will, but not this <laughs> week. I'm going to stick with uh, the guy that got me in first place. What else, Deb? Anything from uh, – um, uh, the ratings were down, which surprised me, but the ratings, even at that, beat out uh, the NBA All Star Game and the uh, and I think Tiger Woods was Tiger Woods was in a golf tournament. So uh, even though the ratings were down, if what I'm looking at says eight percent, um, but it still beat everything else on su- on on Sunday, and uh, you know that part's good. What's your thought about? Uh, I mean, I thought the product was fine. I, I didn't have I, I didn't. I, Fox is so show busy and everything. I, I don't particularly like their pre-race, you know, all the stuff they go through. Of course, it was Daytona, and uh, and the same at the Coliseum for the Clash. But uh, I mean, what do you think about the coverage? And because uh, you're in the media, what what are your thoughts? How are, did you even have a chance to watch it? You may not have seen the television, the telecast. Well, we have we have. We have two TV monitors going all the time. We have the track feed, we have the TV feed, and then we have the scoring monitors. And so when I'm at the track, I'm watching those three monitors. I've got a scanner in my ear, so I don't hear a lot of the TV coverage. Um, And... The, maybe the ratings were down because there were so many people at the race. The race was sold out. Yep. The crowd they had for the Xfinity race was the largest they had had, and I, I may get these years crossed up, but the truck race and Xfinity races, one had the largest crowd since 2011, and the other one had the largest crowd since, I think, 2015. So I was talking to a person the other yesterday who freelanced photography with us when I worked at Scene, and he had gone to Daytona, and he parked across the street about a block from or near the mall that's across the street from the racetrack, and he said it took him two hours. The traffic was so heavy because there were so many people there. The traffic him two hours just to get like two exits north of there of of the speedway and uh, I mean it wasn't just grandstands that was sold out but everything was even the fan zone was sold out you know Deb I used to stay at the Golden Eagle Motel across the street from the track and walk (laughs) over that's how long it's been since I've been to Daytona (laughs) I was going to say the Golden Eagle Hotel doesn't exist no I know it's a I think the last time I was I was there, well, I don't remember what it was. It might have been a Home Depot. I've got some stats here for you, Deb. Uh, uh, here, off I got off Jayski. Actually, it said that the um, 
The Truck Series uh, race on Friday on FS1 was the large, largest audience since the dirt race last April in Bristol. The ARCA race was uh, up 13% from last year. Uh, and the Xfinity race was the highest rated Xfinity race since this race three years ago. So that's, uh, according to Jayski, that's that's how the, the ratings went. And, I, you know, I used well, to... Well, I'm going by attendance figures. I was telling attendance figures, yeah. not ratings. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and they made an interesting point about that, too, that the attendance, uh, the viewers, there's more viewers, but the, you can still have... Um, you know, it, it had more viewers than any uh, race or anything else that weekend, but it was still down from before. So, I mean, it, it's like, you know, you can't really, it's almost like comparing apples and oranges, comparing viewers and a percent of TVs turned on to a particular uh, event. Deb, we got to let you go here pretty soon. Anything you want to wrap it up with? Well, I think a few things. Um, yeah, Brad Doherty, this was, uh, he was the first. African American to win the Daytona 500 is uh, one of the major or car owners right. of the, the team. Um, a fact that was uh, initially made was incorrect. They initially said that Jody Geschechter was the first female owner of a uh, winner of the Daytona 500 car. That was incorrect. That was Teresa Earnhardt. So I okay. want to correct that if somebody saw that. But uh, Brad Doherty is. His background is really interesting. A lot of people may not realize that he's been around racing his entire life. Right. And growing up in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and building race cars. And I've actually got a story on Auto Week right now where he said uh, he and Michael Jordan, as many people may remember, played for Coach Dean Smith at Carolina. And uh, when Michael Jordan was looking at getting into NASCAR, and Brad told him, he said, look, you don't know the difference between a tie rod end and a ball joint, and I do. <laughs> so um, he I also, thought that was it. Brad also was number 43. That's right, and he talked about that. And he actually was – he had it in high school when he played for Owen High. And then when he went to Carolina, there was another player that had had 43 in high school. And Brad demanded the 43 jersey. And the other player didn't want to give it up, so Dean Smith settled it by a coin toss. And uh, Brad lost the coin toss, but he took number 42 because that was Kyle Petty's number at the Mm. time. But when he got drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, he said that he told them that he would go with them on the condition that he got to wear the number 43 jersey. And And his, his relationship with Richard Petty goes back to when he was a child and first met Richard at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Yeah. And um, they, in fact, he and Richard, Richard visited the morning of the Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, Deb, we got to let you so, go, but I tell you what. Uh, well, wh- hopefully we'll have a race. This, I don't know if we'll get the race in today or not. Is it snowing? <laughs> is, California. It, is it snowing out they there? Got, well, they got blizzard warnings in the San Gabriel Mountains that you can see from the track, and it's it, pouring the rain. Isn't so. that unbelievable? What's, um, I don't know. NASCAR's already sold part of that property. What's uh, what's your next race in person? Atlanta. Okay. All right, Deb. Well, look, you sound great. Thanks for covering Daytona Live for us uh, last week, and uh, it's great having you on the show as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right. That's Deb Williams, who uh, 
Well, Ronnie can't phone this in, but he would say at this point, who is she? Or I would say, who is she? And Ronnie would say, the smartest woman I know. So I'll do it without him. Well, let's take a break. Come back. Get Tony A. there on the phone and find out what's going on at Cherokee Speedway this weekend. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, and Tony Adair must be out trying to get the track prepared. I don't know. I, we don't have any windows. I know it's a gloomy, drizzly day, so I guess he's got uh, got more pressing things on his hands right this minute. So uh, he didn't answer. I left him a message. If he calls back, maybe we can get him on and, uh, and um, find out what's going on out there for this weekend and the near future. Got a text from Deb right after we hung up, and obviously I could have kept her on for another 10 minutes, but um, 10 or 15 minutes. But she says that she received the text that the California track uh, in Fontana has been shut down for the day. So uh, that sort of opens up my late afternoon to uh, no auto racing, and uh, that's a shame. Uh, and then Ronnie also sent me a, a screenshot from the uh, the weather channel i guess or from his phone that says that it's um they got a flood watch um it's 50 degrees and raining i'm sorry it's 41 degrees at fontana and raining and uh, it just looks like it's going to be a total washout and i did see where uh, i saw some shots this morning on the cbs saturday morning news that um, there was a light snow around the hollywood sign and so uh you know, downtown Los Angeles is catching some weather that uh, they haven't had in, I think I heard, 1988 or something like that. So uh, that's kind of a kind of weird weather. But good talking to Deb, and um, we can uh, look at some other notes here that I have as far as uh, the Daytona 500. The, uh, like I said, the, the, uh, Attendance, and like Deb said, the attendance was a total, complete sellout. Even the, even the, uh, the infield was, was packed. I mean, they, you know, I don't know how they do it at all the tracks. I know I went to the 24 Hours of Daytona last time I've been there, and that was about 2012. And, uh, you know, they had the spots lined off. Now, I don't know if that's all over the infield because they do have the road course that runs through there but you know you you pay for a parking spot you know whatever it was hundred dollars for the night or two nights or whatever it was we paid but uh you know it's not i don't know how many tracks have it like that or you can just first come first serve you just pull in there and park wherever you want to but you know reserve parking on the infield it was sold out at daytona the stands were sold out i don't really know i suppose Deb's usually right, but I don't know how much that would affect the TV ratings. She said 
They were probably down because of so many people came to the race. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, um, I enjoyed it, and we will not be watching Fontana today anyway. I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. I'm, I'm fairly pessimistic because, uh, you know, they're on their West Coast swing. They go to Las Vegas next week, and then after that, it's going to be uh, uh, Phoenix. So they're out on the West Coast right now, and they're going to stay out there for a while. So, you know, it's going to be inconvenient as heck for them to, to come back to Fontana. And also, this was supposed to be, as I heard uh, Jamie McMurray saying yesterday, this is supposed, and, and, and um, Ma, uh, Larry McReynolds, well, phone's ringing. Let's see if this is uh, who I hope it is. Hold on just a second. Start your engines. Okay. Well, Tony, I'm going to put you on hold and we'll talk to you. All right, we've got Tony Adair on there now. You there, Tony? I am here. Well, you must have been out uh, preparing the racetrack. Are, are you going to have racing today and tomorrow? No, uh, just tomorrow this week. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we had an open practice last Sunday to kick the season off and had a lot of cars and people show up just for that, you know, just trying to, you know, try their new stuff out and getting ready. Uh, you know, and then tomorrow we have our first, race of the season which is a weekly show you know running our normal weekly division and uh, then we'll come back next weekend with a two-day show with our uh, 21st annual march madness race for next weekend okay and uh what's uh what time you get started tomorrow uh, and uh how much does it cost and and all those particulars yeah tomorrow the gates will open at 11 and uh, we will have a one o'clock drivers meeting and go into the racing right after that. And uh, it is 15 in the stands and 30 in the pit. Uh, and looking for a real good crowd tomorrow. The weather's supposed to clear off and supposed to be, I think, close to 70 degrees tomorrow. So my phone, my phone says 72 and clear or cloudy. Uh, yeah. I'm 72 and cloudy. I, that would be even better because <laughs> the, the track the track won't dry out as much. There it's you cloudy, go. So. That's a good thing from the track prep side of it. And, yeah, we're going to run our weekly division, 604 late models, uh, uh, street stock, uh, Thunder Bomber, Renegade Sportsman, Extreme 4, Pure Stock, uh, Crown Crown Vic, and Young Gun V8s will be on the schedule tomorrow. Now, I don't suppose we've talked to you since last November. And, uh, you I, haven't. We've talked uh, several times during the course of the season. But uh, what's new at Cherokee Speedway this year, whether – the fans can uh, actually see it or not, like maybe track prep or what's different from last year? Yeah, track prep, definitely. Uh, we we finally got a good week this week to actually plow the racetrack up, move some dirt, and, you know, try to, you know, fix some of the things that we felt like needed to be fixed, you know, for the racing and the banking and stuff like that to, you know, make it more than a one-groove type deal, you know, where people can run multiple grooves and stuff, and the racing, of course, will be better if you do that. So, like I say, we started on it about Tuesday, and then we found we had some bad dirt in the middle of three and four, so it was dug out Tuesday and Wednesday. It was sort of like the sand and flake stuff, you know, which you don't want in this area. You want the good red dirt that bonds together, you know. So uh, we had to dig that out, get it laid back down, get a bunch of red dirt put back in place of it, and 
uh, you know, just a lot of work on the track. Uh, we've added a new division, sort of mixed the divisions up a little bit from what we've done in the previous years for our weekly shows, and and just uh, cleaning stuff up and getting things ready to, you know, hopefully have a real good season because I've got 39 races scheduled this year wow. compared to 25 the last two years. So we, we got rained out a lot last year. I feel like, you know, we didn't get maybe, I don't even know if we got 20 races in all year last year. So we played a lot of problems with the weather. So I've scheduled a whole lot more races this year. Uh, we'll get started this weekend, next weekend. We'll take a couple of weekends off and start night racing at the end of March with a big three-night show and pretty much uh, be racing uh, just about every weekend from there to probably mid to late September before we take any more time off. So we definitely have a full schedule this year. Now, do you, do you have any of the national uh, touring series coming through, like the, the wing sprints or anything like that? I do. I, I actually have the uh, three USCF 360 sprint cars, our first points race, on Saturday night, April 1st. They'll be in town uh, for a double header at Travers Rest on Friday night and Jackie on Saturday night. And uh, I have them again later in the year on uh, July 29th, along with the UMP modified and uh the 602 open wheel modified and the 305 sprint cars. So it's going to be like an open wheel night period, you know, where it'll just be open field, open wheel cars uh, on July 29th. And then I have nine super late model shows this year, uh, paying anywhere from, well, next weekend from March 5th on Sunday, March 5th, it's going to pay 20,000 to win the most ever for our March Madness uh, super race for the Ginger Owens Memorial. So, uh, that, that's something that's changed from the past. That's twice as much as it's ever paid to win, pretty much. Uh, and we've got a 20000 to win uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving on that Sunday uh, for the Blue Gray 100, which is twice, uh, pretty much twice as much as it's ever paid to win. So That's a lot of money. Several, oh, yeah, we have several 10000 to win super shows this year on different weekends and uh, a couple of a 12, a, uh, a few 10s. And, and then we have a, a couple of 5,000 wins in the 7,500. So, yeah, I mean, we've got several big races. Our big street stock showdown in May. We have a big 604 late model, crate late model race. And at 15 right now, it could go to 20 in August. So we've got a lot of different things coming in other than supers and running some bigger type shows this year also for people that like other divisions. Yeah, let me ask you this now, and I haven't had the chance to talk to him about it because he – he hasn't been on our show yet this year, but if you got any divisions, Alan Hill can bring his 25T and run in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, they, I, I heard they were talking about doing a street stock car when we brought that division in here a few years ago. They just uh, haven't uh, never put anything together and, and come and run with it so far. I don't know if they're getting ready or thinking about getting ready or what they're doing well we'll we'll find out if we ever get him in the studio and uh and hopefully he'll be uh running someplace this year well we gotta let you go we're almost up against the break i'm glad you called in because i was uh looking forward to talking to you again and uh, anytime you've got something coming up you want to you want to tell us about just give me a holler and uh we'll get you on the air Absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate you getting in touch with me. And like I say, we're going to be at Cherokee Speedway a lot this year. So come see us at Cherokee Speedway. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you, Tony. All right, thank you. All right. 
That's Tony Adair from Cherokee Speedway. Timing of that's just about right because we're up against our break. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. The home of open mic. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg. We are And here's what you need to know. We have some fresh NFL news on this Saturday. NFL media reports that the Green Bay Packers have created $16 million worth of cap space by restructuring the contracts of cornerback Jair Alexander and linebacker Preston Smith. In the NBA on Friday night, the Sacramento Kings outlasted the Los Angeles Clippers in double overtime, 176 to 175. The 351 total points made it the second highest scoring game in NBA history. Malik Monk led Sacramento with 45 off the bench. Clay Thompson scored 42 and at 12 three-pointers in Golden State's 116-101 victory over Houston. And the Milwaukee Bucks made it 13 wins in a row with a 128-99 win over Miami, despite Giannis Antetokounmpo leaving the game in the first quarter due to a right knee injury. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted his best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. Baseball season is here. 2-0, hammer to deep left. Back goes Seidel. Watch it go. It's out of here. And the Garnet and Black are ready. Swing and a miss. Got it. High heat 93. The pitch, and it is hit and hit well to left. Back on it goes Post. He's going to watch it fly out of here. Tune in all season long on your home for South Carolina baseball, the Gamecock Sports Network from Learfield. Gentlemen, start your engines. 
Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines and our Legends segment. And it gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome back an old friend of mine. Uh, I don't mean he's old. I just mean we've known each other a long time. I'm the one that's old. Mr. Johnny Allen. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. I I am old and I'm glad to be old. (laughs) Well, you told me yesterday that uh, you were hanging out still in Daytona to avoid the lousy weather up north and i tell you what you wouldn't want to be here today because spartanburg's about i don't know what it is right now i haven't been outside in an hour but it looks like it's about 51 degrees and drizzly it's it's pretty miserable yeah well sorry about that <laughs> well <laughs> i saw um on uh i guess it was facebook and lots of different social media you've been down to daytona and uh you've been down there and and did a lot of Looks like you did a lot of socializing and interviewing and uh, things like that. How's it been? I know uh, I know everybody loves to hear your stories. I do. Well, uh, yeah, we there's still some that like to hear them. Uh, I tell you what, the the ones that remember me, I mean, to watch me race is very few. But every now and then, when I get one where maybe he went with his dad or something. But uh, anyway, it's great to to be here in a moment. The, uh, the ones that are still from our era, and uh, you don't find them at the track anymore, so there's not much sense in going to the racetrack, don't know anybody, nobody knows me, uh, so TV works great. Every now and then, I'll go with my uh, my younger sister, she's nine and a half years younger, her and her husband, I got them hooked back when they were way back, and uh, so uh, they go to a lot of races, and when they go, when they go out, I'll go to. So, I'm still uh, still active. I, uh, as far as is you know keeping up, I, I don't uh, you know I'm not on Facebook and I'm not on Twitter. And, and so, well, I think other people were putting you on there because uh, I, I, in fact, I think it was Marvin Panch's daughter had you on there. Uh, so you must have run into her somewhere, or <laughs> she was had you under surveillance because she put a picture of you and some people uh, standing around chatting. Yeah, well, anyway, it's uh, it's good to to be remembered and to uh, to uh, remember you know details and people and faces. I have good when they come get an autograph or something. I'll remember faces pretty well, but names not so much. Well, I'm same way. Uh, but anyway, I, you know, you this is a good week to have you on, and and especially because. Um, you did so well at Daytona. I mean, uh, you had a. I, I just I, I mentioned it earlier, and I think I misspoke that you finished tenth in the first Daytona 500. It was actually eleventh, but you started dead last. And if I remember correctly, from when we wrote the chapter in the Independence book about you, which was chapter one, um, you had a lot of trouble with with the car 
a 57 Chevrolet, and you didn't even have any practice. Is that not correct? That your first time you were on the track was like on the pace lap? That, that's correct. The, uh, they wouldn't let us through inspection because with the, uh, the engine, it wouldn't pass. The cylinder heads have been cut too much, and so, you know, that gives you more. Anyway, they, uh, they wouldn't pass us. We had, and we, of course, there at the last minute, uh, a couple of days before the race, when you're going through inspection, they, we couldn't find any cylinder heads that you could just buy and bolt on because, you know, you had to cut them a little bit to get them any way to fit. Anyway, it, so we couldn't do it. So they said, well, you can't, then you can't run. Uh, so the last man in North Friel, who was the head inspector then, he somehow or another had a little bit of mercy because he didn't have much of that. But, uh, <laughs> I've he, heard. He, <laughs> he said, uh, it was tough. He said, I'll tell you what. Put two head gaskets under it, and you can run it, which would make more than make up for what we, we had cut off that was too much. And uh, so that meant we would have been a little lower on compression than we Anyway, a little less horsepower. So that, so we started in the rear of the field. Started there was 59. 59 cars, and there was, so I was 59, and uh, didn't have any practice. I, I talked to the guys, you know, the other drivers that were running out there, because it's the first time I'd ever seen the track or anything, and, and uh, they're telling us, you know, you just hold it wide open, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, right, you know, I've never <laughs> never been to a racetrack, you can just hold it wide open, and uh, anyhow, uh, so when the race started, well, I'm last anyway, so I just, you know, could, could be cautious, and I couldn't lose any spots, I could lose some space, but I didn't know about draft and all that. Well, could, could, you feel, could you feel the draft? I mean, did you see? Because Elmo, uh, not Elmo, um, Tommy Irwin told me one time, he said that is a bunch of baloney about Junior Johnson discovering the draft. He, I don't think Tommy came until the next year, in 1960, but he said, I, as soon as I got out there, you could, you were getting sucked, you know, sucked along by other cars. And uh, just Junior Johnson uh Inventing the draft is a bunch of baloney. Everybody knew it was out there, but you know, maybe not how to use it yet. Well, that yeah, that was a thing how to use it, and it it it, it varied back then. The cars were we had different. You know, you could run three different years, and then you got different models. Well, all the bodies are a little bit different, and they would affect the air different. So you could you could go like one car, you come up to pass them, you. Could, you drop down underneath him and pass him, and and uh, it suck you right up into him. And another one, you you know, from the outside, and it would it would cause you to get loose out there. So you had to it had to learn that as you go, and you don't learn that usually in one race. So to, you know, to really get a good handle on the draft, it took it took a while to to. Uh, but it get it would get interesting, especially if there was a pack of cars and you were in that pack. Because you had no control, you were just getting buffed around by the wind, and mm. and the worst thing you could do is try to keep up with it. Best thing was just hold the steering wheel straight and let it straighten itself out. Can't go very far because something else will blow you back the other way. <laughs> it, it was, it was, uh, yeah, you know, it was a fun, well, well, fun time to look back on. Well, it's amazing. It really is. It. it blows my mind and I, I i mean i was seven years old so i mean i'm i remember the first daytona 500 reading about it i don't 
particularly remember listening to it on the radio. But, um, I mean, it, everybody was new, except, and you didn't even get to run the qualifiers. Uh, uh, and they had mixed cars, they had convertibles in the race, too. Richard Petty was in a convertible. But what, what is really amazing to me, you started last, you finished 11th, eight laps behind, but there weren't any caution flags. I mean, there wasn't anything to bunch the field back up. And to finish only eight laps behind of a 200-lap race after starting, starting dead last with no practice, that, that's just that's mind-boggling to me. That's an amazing accomplishment. Well, uh, you know, the, uh, I, was, I had a 57 Chevrolet uh, to start with, which is, was probably the best uh, balanced car I, I drove over the years. And, uh, and we, just, we were down a little bit on horsepower, so I didn't have any problem holding it wide open and staying on the very bottom, which is the shortest way around. And uh, I just stayed down there and and run, and we didn't we didn't have to change tires. Uh, I'm sure we could stop for gas. I can't remember how many stops we made for gas, but uh, tires were pretty hard back then. You, you know, you didn't uh, you didn't usually wear out your tires. You were driving. We could, you were driving for uh, Roy Tyner, right? Right, right. Roy had two '57 Chevrolets. They were identical, number eight, and number nine. Uh, his number was nine. I drove the eight, and uh, and later on, uh, uh, next later on that year, uh, I bought that car from Roy. And Don Bailey and I got together and and, uh, and made a uh, made a USAC stock car out of it. Went to went to USAC, but uh, anyway, yeah, that was Roy Tyner's car, and and uh, I don't remember what it paid. But uh, I just, I just, you know, just out there running, and, and <laughs> you know, you, you kind of feeling your way through. And, you, you told and, me uh, I think that that car was, uh, and, and I mean, and I was mentioning it at the opening of the show when I announced, you know, that you were going to be our guest at eleven o'clock. You know, if you, I'm just thinking in my mind's eye, if you put your car next to the, the Thunderbirds that were running, like uh, Bochamp and Curtis Turner, and and even Lee Petty's huge. I mean, that was a big, to me, that was a big, wide, low car. And the 57 Chevrolet, to me, just, it seems like it's, uh, you said it was great handling. I have no doubt about that. In fact, we had a family car, only it was four doors but uh, and green. But um, it was very high, wasn't it? And didn't you tell me that it was it, it wanted to push real bad? Uh, yeah, I don't remember, remember that. I, yeah, it's, I guess it's. I don't know if it was taller than the other cars or not. I really don't remember all the details about. Well, I tell you what, cars. Go, I didn't know how they affected you. Go back and read the first chapter of our book. <laughs> That's what you told me. <laughs> oh. Well, um, sorry if I don't remember that. I, I don't remember yesterday. That's all right. Um, let, let me ask you this now. But you came came back to Daytona in July uh, for the two fifty and ran. I think you finished third in that one, didn't you? You were still running good down there. Right. Yeah, I finished third. Uh, that was uh, that was a fifty-seven. I mean, a fifty-nine Chevrolet. Right. That, that, that uh, Paul McDuffie had built him and uh, Bradley Dennis, I think. Anyway, they had built that car for Fireball to run for for the uh, two fifty. You know, Fireball had been running their their fifty Paul's fifty-seven Chevrolet. And it won Darlington, I believe. Yes. 
in '58 with it, mm-hmm. and he he was he was supposed to run that, and so they built that '59 for him, and then about I don't know two or three weeks or whatever before the race, he called him and said he was going to drive for Smokey, and uh, so they there their car was uh, you know they didn't have a driver and. I Don uh, Don and I were just just across the street uh, from uh, Paul McDuffie's over uh, Upscott Morris's place. That's where we operated out of. And anyway, uh, so we Paul says, you know, got a got a car for if you want to drive it. So I did, and uh, it, you know, it was a good car. Paul made some built some great engines. You know, in, in the race, so uh, I finished third. Yeah. Farball won it in Smokey's car, and, and uh, Weatherly was, was second in a home of Moody Thunderbird, and I was third in, in Chevrolet. We're talking to Johnny Allen, who's uh, still vacationing down in Daytona. Um, Johnny, you mentioned Don Bailey, and he's, you know, mentioned a whole lot in uh, Smokey Unix's uh, very entertaining biography. Uh, autobiography that uh he went with uh he went with Smokey to Indianapolis in 1958 the first year you know they didn't last but three quarters of a lap because they were in that huge crash that killed uh Pat O'Connor but uh Don Bailey must have been quite a guy because his name pops up all the time when I'm talking to you guys and and Smokey Unique writes about him a lot yeah uh, Don was was he was a very uh Strange guy, very uh, to himself. He never let anybody take pictures, and and uh, he just. But he was all about the car. He was just uh, very uh, particular about everything. He, I know a lot of times uh, before the night before the race, he he'd be up all night sitting there just thinking about what might happen and rechecking and stuff like that. So, so we didn't have very, and uh, that's the kind of person Smokey would you know allow yeah to 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 work with him because he's he was very very meticulous too and don was so anyway don and i did uh i know how i drove a few major races and, and i liked i i really thought that was super fast and fun and then and then all of a sudden i decided maybe i maybe i go run some sprint cars and go to indianapolis you know you you're young and got Wild ideas with no particular uh, plans, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I talked on into it somehow or another, and, and uh, we bought that that Chevrolet from Roy Tyner and and, and made it uh, USAC legal, and uh, so I said we'll, we'll go up there and run the stock car circuit with with USAC, and and then USAC and, and Mark or Arp or whatever were. We're friends, yeah. so you could run both circuits. Of course, NASCAR wasn't friends with anybody, so <laughs> if, you went, if you if you went anywhere else, you were an outlaw, and and uh, you couldn't run NASCAR. Yeah, they they so anyway, they made you pay a price yeah. to come back, didn't they? Right. So so I, you know, rather than let them read about it and send me a letter, I just since I was already at Daytona and we already had our plans, and it, I didn't even. I didn't even negotiate with with Paul or the the owner about staying with that '59 Chevrolet and running the rest of the year, which was because we'd already made our plans. Yeah. But 
But to think back at it, I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe you should have done something different. But anyway, we I just went up and told Pat Purcell, who was head of, head of the competition, then went, went up there to the office and saw Ari Daytona, and I said, look, I have, this is what I'm going to do. And of course, he said, you're crazy. Because, you know, you ran good down here in 500, and then you were third today. And, uh, you know, you've had some other good finishes. He says, you've got a good career started here. Well, you, you, you're crazy to run off there. But naturally, uh, young and hard-headed and <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Good driver. I talked on it. I talked Don into it. I think he he kind of wanted to get in with the indie guys too. So well, he did eventually with Smokey. But now you you lived in Greenville for a while, and didn't you have like a rim and wheel shop or something over there? And I, uh, that's yeah. The last time I ever saw you run was uh, when they paved the Columbia Speedway. You were I think you were either on the you were on the you might have been you weren't on the pole. I think you started third because I took that great picture of you in that Ford Fair Lane. But uh, um. You were living in Greenville then and running the sportsman circuit, and uh, and uh, that was 1971. Right. Yeah, that was uh, after I got out of the uh, uh, Grand National or NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, got starved out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after after a few couple of bad wrecks and lo- losing the car owners, he, anyway, I got to do. Some with four different people. Yeah. Anyway, I, I was you know, decided it was it was it was time. I was in my early thirties, I guess. Anyway, it didn't look like any there was any future in NASCAR at that particular time. You know, when you look at guys like Fireball and uh, you know Goldsmith and all those guys, all those guys are either off in another career and uh, you know Kim Flock and. You know, all those guys that did or were still around were were not racing because uh, you know there's some certain time in life you have to start thinking about the future. Yeah. So, and in this car didn't offer any future. Yeah. Johnny, and, I and, I could talk to you for an hour. I, I mean, we could go on and on, but I'm getting up against a break here, and uh, I just want to yeah, thank okay. you uh, uh, for coming on. And uh, you said you're coming up through Greenville. Uh, you know, if you get you get pretty close. I mean, it can't hurt to give me a holler. Maybe I can run over there and have a bite with you or something. Or if you get to Spartanburg on your okay. way when you migrate back north. But uh, it's just great. You sound great. I love your stories. And I, we, we could talk for an hour. So I, I really Hello. appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Well, if, you know, I'm always, always glad to talk to you. And uh, tell Greg and the crew there the hello. And uh, thanks for the support. And remember me. And... Uh, Good luck with the program. Thank you. We'll always remember you, Johnny. Appreciate it very much. Take care of yourself. Yeah. All right. All right. That's Johnny Allen. What a great guy. God, I love to hear his stories. And I'm not trying to sell a book, but he is the first chapter in that independence book where uh, we wrote about, I wrote about 12 independents, and uh, half of them are gone. But Johnny's still going, and he's still vacationing, and he'll go back. I think he lives in Indianapolis, and he'll go back when he's good and ready. He's vacationing in Daytona. So, let's take a break, come back, and talk to Mike Hill. You're listening to Start Your Engine on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Get in the game. It's fall savings time, and your countdown to kickoff starts now at Greer Nissan. Tackle a brand new Nissan Sentra for a low 221 a month. Score big in a new Nissan Altima, now just 283 a month. Run away in a brand new 2023 Nissan Rogue, only 330 a month. Or low 1.9% financing is available at Greer Nissan. Get more for your trade. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Kick off your savings at Greer Nissan. Call 864-479-1197 for details. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel of Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Join Anthony Greer, Alex Smith, and myself weekday afternoons for Open Mic. We are very excited to bring you Spartanburg's longest-running radio show now of 17 years. You know we have opinions, but we want to hear from you. Text us, email us, tweet us, or call us if you dare, and we'll have a great time Monday through Friday, 3 until 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, SpartanburgSportsRadio.com, and, of course, the Fox Sports 1400 app. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And uh have on the line here who's almost a regular on the show. We have on we have Mike on a lot each year because he just knows everything about every aspect of auto racing and uh it's a pleasure to introduce Mike Hill. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Terry. How's things down in Spartanburg? I hear it's like it is up here. It's raining and uh, overcast. Yeah, good day to stay inside and watch a race, except it got snowed out or rained out or something. So I, yeah, I, I guess it's going to be basketball or something. I don't know. It's supposed to be a song that says there's never rains in California, and apparently it does it, in it, Ontario or Fontana. It absolutely does. Um, well, let's back up just a little bit now. Uh, the 24 hours of Daytona, of course, were... The end of January, uh, around my birthday, and uh, 
I mean, you guys did great. Uh, you did good. I mean, you were doing great until you had a little problem. I guess I jinxed you when I went to bed because I woke up and got your text that you y'all hit somebody and it messed up the suspension. And I, I guess you had like a 30-minute pit stop and lost 15 or 16 laps. And But you still finished fifth. I mean, you know, that's not bad as far as I'm concerned. I, I know you had hopes to do better, but... Uh, What's your thoughts about Daytona? And, uh, of course, Sebring's coming up next month. It's a whole new ball game this year. With these, we're, we got a factory car now. <clears throat> you know, before we was running Action Express cars out of out of Denver, and now we're associated with GM with the their factory uh, GTP. This is the new the new name for our uh, class. is called a GTP now, and we're we're up against all the Porsches, the Audis. Uh, let's see. There's there's some other cars that's coming in that uh, that will be in, uh, but uh, it's a totally different ball game now. You know, we don't we don't get to do much of our own to these race cars. It all comes with a sheet, and we get our orders now from from Detroit. <clears throat> so the engine comes instead of getting it from Childress. Now we get our engine direct from GM Powertrain, and they have two separate deals there we have an electric an electric motor on this car it's called a hybrid <clears throat> so a 60 horsepower electric motor that's got a 800 volt battery and it's <clears throat> it's all con- it's all driven by computers everything about this car is all computer driven now we have we have so many sensors and wires on this car that if we were testing back in the winter and we had a right rear wheel speed sensor fail and it just it just shut the car down and we about we almost crashed, and so we had to let the the engineers at Detroit know that hey, we can't be doing this. We can't we can't shut the car down if one sensor, because we've got two sensors on each wheel for wheel speed, and uh, if one of them fails, we can't have it shutting the car down. But it's it's a it's the hugest learning curve for any vehicle I've ever worked on. Period. It's it's a spaceship just to get it to start up it takes six computers up to it to, and then you get get it's like a, a nasa launch you got to get okay from the the electric side and the, the the gas side and everybody else that's watching all of their little deals and but yeah we were we led we were leading I you think, led 86 we, laps that's not to be sneezed yeah. at yeah we were leading the race and and 3 30 in the morning we got into it with a one of those Mercedes GT cars, and it it broke a lower wishbone mount off the transmission. Mm. My guys did a great job of getting it in there before we could just go ahead and just pull in and change the whole back half in like fifteen minutes. But nowadays, with all the electric stuff, you can't do that. I mean, it's you have to. It's a little different. So we had to had to fix it. Basically, they just moved the pickup mount, put two more pickup mount studs in it and uh, got back out and we still finished fifth um yeah it was it's different we're talking, you know, to, we're you talking know, to mike hill uh and uh, go ahead mike we I, i'm sitting here you know with bobby was going to be on so that was my hero you know bobby's yeah bobby Allen always been my hero and then then you mentioned johnny allen coming on and i said well there's another one of my heroes because i remember when i was just a little boy going and watching that guy race and holy cow he could drive the wheels off a race car it's amazing you know one you know one thing that stood out about johnny he was a real tall guy and he had jet black hair back in the day 
you just don't forget him and another guy named Johnny Halford was from Spartanburg. Yes. Was that what? You big, tall people. And, yeah. But I was just a little boy. Yeah. Any, you know, I, eat, I was eat up with racing ever since. I was <laughs> well, born, Johnny, you know? Johnny like, uh, uh, he unfortunately is known for three really spectacular crashes. And, yeah. uh, and of course, he told all, all about them when, when we wrote that chapter in, in the the Independence book I wrote. But the first time we had him on, I guess it was five or six years ago, the first year of the show, he said, we're not going to talk about those wrecks the whole show, are we? And I said, no. In fact, Johnny, I won't even bring them up because there's plenty of other things to talk about. Now, we eventually did get around to it sometime since then, but I don't even, I don't even bring that up. And I, I don't say it's a sore spot for him, but he's a whole lot better driver than just knocking down the scoring stand at Daytona, at uh, Darlington that year. Yeah, 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 well. Well, let, let me say one other thing now before I, I, we run out of time. I, the first, I, I didn't know this. Maybe I should have, and I'm going to op- oversimplify it maybe. But when those GT, those uh, those Cadillac, your car comes in the pits, all those cars, the Acuras and everything, y'all leave the pits under electric power, right? And then when right. you, like, dump the clutch and it, and it kicks over to the internal combustion engine is that yep. basically what happens that's exactly what happens the electric motors are starter motors for the gas engine which makes it good for me because uh on our dpi cars that we ran up until this car they amalgamated a starter that wasn't very good and i was pulling my hair out there for two years trying to get the starters to work and uh you know i asked the guy the engineer that did that i said you know you had your option of putting the tilting starter on that starts every time. You hit the starter button, it's the tilt starter's going to start that race car. And you put this starter on. Now, why did you put this starter on this car? And I'm not going to mention the name of it, but it's Quartermaster. But anyway, put this starter on on and it won't start. And uh, you know what his reply was to me? He said, well, Mike, we we was looking for avenues to cut a cost and we could get this starter for $300 or $400 or whatever it is less than what we could get the tilt starter for. I said, let me let me question your, your thinking here. The, one, the most important thing when you're on pit road and you need to go is for the car to start up. So you decided to cut money on the one thing that guarantees the car to start up. So, yeah, we don't have we don't have that engineer anymore to work with. And what a fraction of the cost it is anyway. I mean, saving three hundred dollars on a, I mean, I, yeah. a million dollar car. I mean, that's kind of crazy. That's what I told them. That's what I told them. But anyway, it was it was a molligation. That that word is going to be the it's going to be eventually it's going to be what ends my career in racing. It's called a molligation. When they molligate a part, that's the only part that you can run. Okay. And, and the series will come in, and they will take your car completely apart. And they have a big book of all the parts that's been homologated, and they'll look at this part, and if it doesn't look like the part in, that you're running, if it doesn't look like the part that's in the book, you get thrown out. Sounds so like NASCAR is going that way, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way it's all going. And they here's the problem now. <laughs> it's opened up a can of worms. They all say, well... We're going to save you a lot of money here because you can go to this one spot and get your all your parts. Well, what they didn't tell us is this one spot decides, oh, we've got, we've got a license to steal now that we're the only guy selling the parts. So now a set of gears that was costing us $800 a set cost us 
three thousand dollars set. Mm. Yeah, it it. I don't know how anybody can. It's other than, the, and I've got a lot of opinions about how GM can afford to do this, but I'm gonna keep all those opinions to myself because we don't talk politics on this radio show. No, we're talking that's racing, <laughs> but we'll, we're we're going to have you on more than just today, I promise you. Now, uh I got to ask you this cuz I asked Mike Helton last week. He said he had his uh passport ready to go to France. How about you? Yours yours up to date? Well, my passport stays ready, but I don't know that I can make that trip, you know. I'm uh I'm I beat my body so bad over the years changing tires. Thought I was invincible. Thought this would never happen, but now my body is telling me, "No, nah, you you can't do that." It, I sit on an airplane for that length of time. <laughs> I would have to have some meat uh, paramedics come in and get me up <laughs> out of my seat. It's hard for me to get up and down. Well, to, uh, take the Queen Mary or something. <laughs> Just leave early. She's anchored, she's anchored up out there in Long Beach. Well, they must have something. They must yeah. have some water transportation. But uh, no, uh, I. I it thrilled me last week also when uh, um, Mike said that they were taking Herschel McGriff with them. That, that's great. Just got in the Hall yeah. of Fame, and now he can go back to where I think in 76 he ran over there uh, when Dick Brooks ran for Junie Donlevy and everything. Oh, I remember when they – I remember that, yeah. It's, uh, but we need to get this out of the way first. I, the, my favorite niece of all down there in Spartanburg is having a birthday today. And I would like to wish Jada Tesner happy birthday. Well, you even know, though her daddy, even though her daddy's off fishing somewhere in some carp pond. But <laughs> you, well, you know what? I I was driving in this morning because uh, when everybody uh, said they couldn't make it, I said, you know, and I was like uh, passing Ike's Grill on the way to the station. I said, why in the heck didn't you call Jada? She would have been yeah. great. Today's her birthday. Yes, it I, is. That would have been terrific. I don't know if she'd have done it being on her birthday, but, heck, it's only two hours of a rainy Saturday morning. I don't know why I didn't think of that yesterday when everybody was telling me they couldn't make it. But happy birthday, Jada. She's a, you know, I, she has a standing offer to, to have a segment on this show anytime she wants to. You know, we'll put, we'll, I'll give her, I'll give her a 20-minute segment at least once a month if she's got something to say more, you know, more often than that. But Jada's one of our favorites around here, and I, I hope she has a great birthday, and I'm a dope for not putting her on the air today. Well, she knows she's got a phone call coming from her. I hope I'm her favorite uncle. <laughs> you are, I'm sure. Um, I'm gonna, I, I got a deal where I call them up and sing, uh, sing to my children. I said, call my daughter in Italy and sing to her, and I had to call my son and sing to him. They, they know when the phone rings and it's on their birthday that their daddy's going to be trying to sing happy birthday. <laughs> hey, I know she's thinking her uncle is um quickly we only got a couple of minutes left give me some quick thoughts on what you thought about daytona we'll have you on again before le mans and and, and after sebring and all that stuff so we're not done with it yet but what'd you think of daytona i thought it was pretty pretty good show they put on you know i was amazed at I did. they sold that sold that place out down there with all the people so the people are coming back uh, yeah i think they put on a good show i hated to see I hated to see what happened there at the end because Kyle and and, uh, and Dylan was lined up to, to win that race yep. for Richard Childress, and uh, then something happens. But, you know, 
gosh, how many times have I gone down to the end of the race thinking we got this thing and either an engine blow on the last lap or a flat tire or something goes on every time. But, yeah, it's, that's that's racing, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I sort of aligned myself this year with the Tootsie's uh, Orchid Lounge car. I just, <laughs> I've been there, and I liked it, so I like their car, and I, and I like Suarez, too. So uh, I've, yeah. I've sort of abandoned Chase, Chase Elliott right now. Mike? Yeah, I got I got to talk to Daniel. We we did a little test. We had Kimi Raikkonen driving. We did that. Uh, you know, we did one of these Garage 56 projects, and we did a, a Garage 91 project that, that we built cars for guys because the teams can't go and test a new driver, you know, because they're, they, gosh, they, the rules. And so when Kimi Raikkonen steps up and says, hey, look, I'd like to go and drive one of these cars when well, nobody's can't do it first off because if if Hendrick goes and do it then you got the Toyota people and the Ford people screaming oh gosh he's getting more test periods than I am and all this but we're we're sort of a, a generic team sitting there in Denver and we built a couple of cars and we did the initial Garage 56 car that's going to be going over there for a cup car to go back over there and, and run and uh, they've been testing they did a 24 hour test this week in Sebring with the Hendrick car, oh, okay. and have our car there. Well, Mike, it's great having you up again. Uh, on again, and we're up against the break. But you know, I'm thinking maybe once a month we just need to have you on because you've got so much. There's so much more we need to cover. Uh, you know, but we don't have time today. But I, I think you're, uh, I think you're great. And you're one of our most loyal listeners, or you may be the only listener. But anyway, we really appreciate you coming on and and sharing your knowledge with us because uh, it's great having somebody that's... It's great having Johnny Allen who did it 50 years ago, but it's great having you who's doing it right now. Yeah, well, this is my 50th year working on race cars for a living, something I didn't ever, never thought that I would ever be able to do to make a living. I just thought I'd go do it. Like I told my dad, I'm going to go do it, then I'm going to come back to Spartanburg and, and, and go to University of South Carolina at Spartanburg and learn how to do something to make some money because it, on, back then there was no money in cup racing. There was no money in racing at all back in those days. Mm. And uh, first job, full-time job I got uh, in racing, I, I made $5,000 a year. Got to <laughs> let you go, Mike. I appreciate it. Right. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, honestly, we'll be in touch uh, before long uh, and, and do another 20 minutes. Well, thanks, Perry. Y'all? Y'all have a good one. All right. Thank you so much. That's Mike Hill, who uh, I just love having him on the show. He can keep going. I, we, uh, everybody we have on, we can just let him go and do the whole show. But uh really appreciate Mike coming on. He shares knowledge about what's happening right now and uh, amalgamated and all that stuff he's talking about. I tell you what, he's getting a little over my head. But let's take a break, come back, and I'm going to talk to Johnny Hastings about the history and uh, the goings-on over there in Fountain Inn at the Golden Strip Speedway. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Get in the game. It's fall savings time, and your countdown to kickoff starts now at Greer Nissan. Tackle a brand new Nissan Sentra for a low $221 a month. Score big in a new Nissan Altima, now just $283 a month. Run away in a brand new 2023 Nissan Rogue, only $330 a month. Or low 1.9% financing is available at Greer Nissan. Get more for your trade. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Kick off your savings at Greer Nissan. Call 864-479-1197 for details. 
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Providing for and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you're not there to do so. Many people are under the impression that establishing a will is the first and last step to estate planning. That's why developing a formal estate plan can be one of the most important things you'll ever do for them. A comprehensive estate plan can help you preserve and protect your wealth, control who receives your assets, and ensure that your wishes are carried out. Working with our estate planning experts, financial advisor Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you prepare an estate plan. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center, located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. While the weather is bad, get your gear ready now. Spartan Photo Center has the necessary tools to clean your cameras and lenses. They do mirrorless and DSLR sensor cleanings, and don't forget about your tripods. Spartan Photo Center stocks the quick releases to mount your camera to the tripod, as well as Manfrotto and Bogan tripod parts to fix the one you have. Or you can get a new Sure or Manfrotto tripod now before the weather turns nice and you need it. Don't forget Spartan Photo has camera bags, backpacks, and waterproof cases. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, Spartanburg, or SpartanPhotoCenter.com. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSBG Spartanburg. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. And welcome back to our final segment of Start Your Engines, uh, second show of the sixth year, flying solo here. And I've got a good friend of mine from back in 
the days of Evans Junior High School in Spartanburg and Spartanburg High School. And uh, back then he was Johnny, but now he's John Hastings. How you doing, John? I, I answer to just about anything. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on the show. And you've got some big things going on that you want to promote and get some help with. And I think maybe our show can help you regarding uh, remembering the Golden Strip Speedway over in Fountain Inn. What got you involved in this and what's going on? Well, Perry, I'm, I'm a volunteer that helps keep the Fountain Inn Museum open and running. And uh, we've been there since 2010. And, uh, you know, the museum is about history. And, and certainly the Golden Strip Speedway is a part of Fountain Inn's history. It, um, from, from, the, from my readings and everything, it was started, it was, uh, well, it actually got a state charter around 1957 by a Mr. Kellett and a Mr. Garrett for a half-mile oval track. And so, uh, you know, there are so many people that come and visit us, and even those that live in Fountain Inn, they, they don't even know that we used to have a dirt track uh, there. And, of course, now the, the South Carolina Army National Guard sits where that track used to be. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, I wanted to have you on today when I, I contacted you this past week because there's I, there, there's an event going on tomorrow. Hopefully the weather will be good for it. But uh, And then you have the big event in April, and I want to have you on again before that. But tell us what's going on tomorrow and, and what, what what are your goals? I mean, you, you want people to come forward with uh, memorabilia and, and so forth. Well, that's, that's right. And uh, <clears throat> this will be the first time that I've been invited uh, to attend this, but it's the uh, it's the Golden Strip Speedway's fifth annual uh, reunion, and they'll be having that at the Yard Bar, which is on Georgia Street in Fountain Inn, and it'll start at 1 o'clock and run until they'll have barbecue there. And um, From what I gather, a lot of the old racers and then a lot of their sons and daughters will be there to, to talk and reminisce, and it's going to give me an opportunity to be there to to talk to these people and try to seek out some memorabilia and photographs and, and so forth, you know, for my event that's coming up. Um, my event is going to be from April the 18th through July the 29th at the Fountain Inn Museum. And so, uh, you know, I'll be able to have plenty of pictures, but it's, it's more the memorabilia that I'm trying to find trophies. Yeah, I've gotten a few of those in. I understand I'm going to get somebody's race door from their race car <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we can uh maybe we can help you out with that and get get the rest of the car uh there's there's a, <laughs> there's a couple of restored cars around here as we talked about and i won't mention them on the air because i don't know if they actually ran at fountain Inn, but uh or golden strip but you know our co-host who's not here today he's fishing till uh till the weather changes and um but he he and his father he runs the short tracks now, and but he he was with his father, you know, way back in the seventies and eighties, you know, when uh when Golden Strip was operational, and I just I, I'd be dumbfounded if they didn't run there because they run Cherokee and you know and a, a lot of tracks that don't exist anymore. Uh, they run Harris, which of course does exist, but you know they ran a lot of tracks around here, and I just can't wait to see if he knows anything or or he and his father uh, and Mike, his brother, who was just on the show. Um, you know, they were all in it together back then. Of course, they were young kids. But I think you we know, can probably do you some good. I, I I really hope we can. Well, I hope so. You, you know, just doing my research since 
up until the year 2000, there were 53 dirt tracks that closed in South Carolina. Mm. Of course, Golden Strip was one of them. <clears throat> but um, yeah, they used to, yeah. there used to be one. Uh, Riverside was over there, uh, not too far away from here. Uh, I-85 Speedway, a Confederate Speedway in Woodruff. There were a lot of them back then. Uh, even the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds, you well, know. that's to me the mecca. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, my neighbor who lives across the street, his, his daddy was J.D. Keenan, and he raced from the 1958 to 62. Um, and so uh, he and his brothers, Henry and Ted, I think they used to tell me that they would always get in fights on Saturday nights, but it was mainly with each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I and, told you on the phone. They, they, the promoters used to always say, if you're going to have a fight, do it in front of the grandstand, not down in the turn <laughs> in the dark. That's right. Uh, and, uh, but let me tell you something. Some of your some of your listeners may recognize these. Some of the some of the drivers who who raced there. Okay. Were, were like um, uh, Wendell Smith, Don Hyatt, Ricky Hips, Wendell Taylor. Randy Fowler, or Jerry Rector, or Bill Morgan, or Charles Taylor. But in 1973, David Pearson's son Larry made his racing debut there. Well, I'll be dogged. Well, Larry talked yeah. my. Larry's a good friend of mine. He taught my son to drive, <laughs> and he, he probably got two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He, I guess he still has his driving school. Now, before we have to let you go, Johnny, and I am going to have you on again when we get closer to your your event in April, which I didn't. You know, I, I looked down and I said, yeah, that's like the one we did at the Chapman Center. It runs like for a couple of months. So, uh, uh, but if people have things that they want to contribute or or uh, give you some leads or whatever, how can they get in touch with you and uh, and further help you out with this? Well, for, first and foremost, anybody who brings us memorabilia, um, I just want to let them know that they will, it will be checked in and recorded so that we can ensure that their items will be safely returned when the exhibit ends. You know, because I know a lot of people. This is this is their precious gold, and uh, and and so. Uh, and I ran into that sure at the that Chapman Center. I mean, I tell you, that is a, a very important thing. And give them a receipt and all that stuff, and keep a record. So uh, yeah, we we uh, we want to make sure of that. But uh, the number at the Fountain Inn Museum is eight six four eight six two. Two five eight six, and uh, the uh, we're open Tuesday through Saturday. So if they wanted to make an appointment and, and drop something off, or just swing by there during those during those times during those days, they can do that. Do you have a website? Uh, we've got a website. It's fountaininmuseum.org. Okay, that might be another. That would be another good way to get in touch with you. So. Uh... Well, Johnny, we got about four minutes to show left, so uh, i got to do a little housekeeping here. It's great having you on the show, and uh, I promise you'll be back in uh, in April before uh, your big event even begins. And I can't wait to try to help you on this thing. Well, Perry, I appreciate it, and uh, even though you ought to come on over tomorrow and be my guest. Well, <laughs> uh, let me think about it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll send you the invitation. Okay, that sounds good. Appreciate it, John. Talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. That's John Hastings, a good friend of mine. i got to tell you real quick before I do the other things I have to do real quick. He, uh, in 1962, in March, I fell off of Westminster Presbyterian Church off a scaffold when they were building it, 
which is still right across the street from my house. And John's father, uh, I don't know his first name, Dr. Hastings, patched me back up and put me back together. So uh, not only is he a good friend that I've been out of touch with for 50 or 60 years, but his daddy saved my life. So uh, I had a fractured skull. Anyway, let's go through. Uh, i got three minutes. I don't know if I'm going to make this or not. The trucks aren't racing this week. Their next race will be Victoria's Voice Foundation 200 at Las Vegas. That will be on Friday uh, of next week at 9 p.m. on FS1. ARCA won't race again. They did run uh, uh, Daytona. Greg Von Alst was the surprise winner. He only led the last lap. He's kind of an old dude, but, boy, was he happy, crying in victory lane and everything. Their next race will be the General Tire 150, and that will be Friday, March the 10th. At, um, that will be at Phoenix. That will be on FS2 at 8 o'clock. Then we've got the uh, the Indy cars will run next weekend. Uh, their first race will be the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg at 12 p.m. on NBC. That's a noon start. F1, Formula One, will start next uh, Sunday as well. The Bahrain Grand Prix will be at 9.55 on ESPN. And as we said, the World Sports Car Championship, they'll run the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring from 10, uh, 10.05 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. on Peacock and over at USA Network at 4.30. Um, quickly, on television this weekend, and uh, nothing today, so you can forget about uh, Saturday. Sunday, uh, uh, I don't know if they're going to try to squeeze that Xfinity race in or not. We'll find out. Don't know how the weather's even going to be tomorrow. They may not even have a race tomorrow. But Cup is scheduled to run at Fontana on Fox for, uh, for at 3.30. So we'll see if they do. And looking on down the line, as I said, the trucks are uh, uh, March the uh, 3rd at Las Vegas, Formula One, Bahrain, Indy, St. Petersburg. The next week, Arca's at Phoenix. And then uh, March the 18th is Sebring. So I want to mention our show for next week. Tentatively scheduled, we are going to do our Black History Month celebration, and our friend Tony McFarland is in the process of trying to hook us up with uh, at least one member of the Scott family. And I know we had Deborah on last week, uh, last year, and she was she was terrific. Um, in fact, uh, Tony was telling me that uh, Deborah knew, knew more about the car than just about anybody else that was on the crew, like Frankie and Wendell Jr. So uh, she'd be an excellent guest and. Perhaps Tony, now Tony's father was Wendell's, I don't know if he was his crew chief. I think Wendell was his own crew chief, but Tony was uh, a member of the pit crew. Uh, Wendell, Tony's father was a member of Wendell's pit crew, and that's how I met Tony when she, when he passed away and she had a little memorial service for him at, out at the fairgrounds. And I went out there and just walked in and ended up, <laughs> ended up making a presentation, a little speech. So anyway, that about it for this week. Uh, First time I ever had to do it alone and uh, looking out at these empty chairs. Uh, I hope maybe they're filled up next week because we sure use having Greg back and Ronnie back. And uh, I don't want the fish to quit biting, but you need to hurry back too. And happy, uh, Alan, and happy birthday to your daughter, Jada, one of our all-time favorite people. Thank you so much for listening. Be careful. And Natalie. I don't think anybody's coming from here. I know I'm not, and I'm the only one here. So until next week, keep it between the fences.
You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg.